This season on the Set Yourself Free podcast, you are going to hear from nine incredible women, nine business owners that own six-figure and multiple six-figure businesses who are bringing you behind the curtain because I know one thing that we are craving more of in the online space is a look into what it actually is behind the scenes, what goes into having a profitable online business. We're sick of the shiny objects and the fancy feeds. And so I am bringing you deep into these conversations with these women. So stay tuned. I know that you are going to love this season. So my name is Claire Williamson and I'm a soul goal coach and I help soul fired up female entrepreneurs become magnetic to the clients that they want online. And we do this by hacking, biohacking those emotions that really keep us holding back, playing small and leveraging our personal story. I believe we all have a story. My question is always, are you leveraging that story? Are you still stuck in that story? So really, we're looking to heal all parts of ourselves, all of those things that we've been through so that we can take the wisdom and we can impact lives. And that's really what makes us magnetic to those clients on social media. Yay. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you're here, Claire. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So talk to us about how visibility struggles have showed up or maybe continue to in your business as it is now? Yeah. So for me, I always knew I had a story, right? And I, so I have a past life as a network marketer. So it was sort of, you know, I was trying to build that business. It was actually propping up my coaching business back in the day. And there was this big push to get visible, get visible, share value, And I kept coming up against this feeling like I didn't have a voice. So I had this story, but I didn't know how to share it. I didn't know the words to use. I always felt like every time I showed up live, it was almost like somebody was there going, stop talking, Claire. Nobody's going to listen, Claire. What do you know, Claire? You know, and it was like these these voices would just keep me kind of clamming up and playing really small. So it was affecting my business. It was affecting my business because I didn't have what I have now, which is the power to really connect with somebody on a deep level. And, you know, by holding that space and being vulnerable, we enable our audience to be vulnerable as well, to open up a little bit and to feel held and to feel heard. So it was a real struggle in my business. Just a few years ago was sort of like, like I say, it was almost showing up and then hearing these voices and, the, the crux for me, the line where I stepped across and I was like, this is enough. I actually was in a reality show for network really? marketing. Yeah. I got to travel out to Florida and I was like, right, now is the time I'm going to get visible. I'm going to share this story. I'm going to win this prize. And I stood in front of the cameras and those voices crept in and I just clammed up. Like mm. I couldn't, I couldn't even speak. And I walked away from that experience as a loser <laughs> <laughs> it was sort of like, I can't do this anymore. I need to, I need to find out what it is that's keeping me playing small and I need to step into my power. And it was this, this belief, this, this inner knowing that like I was the source of my own abundance. No one was going to hand this over to me on a plate. Right. And I just had to get visible. And from that day I did, 
I actually, I set myself 30 days. I was like, you're going to show up every single day. You're going to speak, even though you think you don't have the words, you're going to go live. You're going to press go on that post. And I just pushed myself so far out of my comfort zone that I felt sick, but Mm. it's that confidence through action, being able to take those first small steps. They really do waterfall into the bigger steps, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that that is one of the biggest lies we've been conditioned to believe that you have to feel confident first. And Mm. I just find exactly as you described, it's in the small steps. It's in the doing that you find those little wins and that momentum. And that's what builds your confidence. And that's what keeps you going. But if we're waiting around to feel confident, like Sure. You might have your moments and your days, like, of course, but in general, you're going to be waiting a long time if you're waiting to feel ready or confident. That's right. And I believe it's a point of discomfort. Like we can complain about the visibility stuff, right? We can feel those visibility wounds, but in truth, there's a safety net there. So we have to get to that point where we don't want that safety net anymore. That safety net is more uncomfortable than the idea of pushing through those comfort zones so that we actually do push into the action. There has to be like, yeah, like a pull because otherwise we'll stay safe forever. We'll just make excuses, distraction. Distraction is the biggest enemy in our business, right? Mm -hmm. We'll distract ourselves and busying up ourselves with the website, making the pretty graphics, and we don't actually show up. And for me, I've built a six-figure coaching business on showing up, showing up alone, right? So it's like, we have to show up. We have to. We have to tend to those wounds. And for me, it was part of that process was taking action and, and doing those small steps, but also starting to understand where were those little voices coming from? What was the healing work that I had to do to understand that I was good enough, that I did have the words, you know, and, and not be attached to any sort of outcome either. Like who cares if somebody confronts me online or tells me I'm wrong, who cares when you're driven by that purpose of why you're showing up, right. And getting connected to that energy and that motivation. Yeah. Well, and I think to bring it back to that, as you said at the beginning, in terms of those voices, like that is so relatable. And I'm sure you hear this from clients all the time. And the longer (laughs) I coach and the more women I talk to is that's very normal. And I think it's just important that we normalize that and that it doesn't necessarily go away. It's not like, oh, you hit six figures or you have your first whatever big milestone you're aiming for. And then all of a sudden, all those fears, all those voices just entirely disappear. Like they're still going to show up in some fashion. It's just, you have more tools and you have more confidence in yourself to move through those. Mm. And I I do, I'm really, like, I'm a massive believer in the healing work as well to like really get Mm. in and understand those belief systems. Cause there's a belief there, right? Saying that you're not good enough. There's a reason why you feel not good enough. And it is so interesting with the clients that I've worked with. It's often school, like a big chunk of this is Mm. stuff that's happened at school in those social dynamics, in experiences with authority, where you've made to feel embarrassed, you made to feel stupid, you made to feel shame, you made to feel like people don't like you. And Mm -hmm. these experiences, when they happen really early, they stick. Mm. 
And it's connecting to those and actually seeing them from new perspectives and understanding that, you know, you weren't, you weren't some horrible kid that nobody liked. It was just, you know, you were just, they, they just ran off in the other direction because they were playing. Little perspective changes like that can make a huge difference on how we feel. One funny example was a client and she had this memory of all these kids being in this circle and they wouldn't let her into the circle. And she was pulling this into her social media. It was like that whole attracted my tribe. How am I going to attract that my tribe? They're not going to let me into the circle. And then she connected with this fact, this truth that she never wanted to be part of the circle. Like these people were always so different to her and she had a whole different vibe, which is why she has to get out on social media and attract that tribe, right? We all have those unique parts of ourselves, those eccentric parts of ourselves, the, the beautiful differences, those things that make us distinct. And we push those down because of our visibility wounds. But it's actually those that when we show up and shine, attract people who are the same, you know, who are similar, who have a similar vibe. And that's where we come together and really find that, yeah, our groove online, I think, and, and, and feel part of these communities where we're uplifted and we're making a difference. And there's these powerful relationships and collaborations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And exactly that abundance mindset is what comes to mind when you talk about that, because I was just having a conversation with a client today about this. It's like, we're all prone to attach to the negative thing, right? We hear 99 good things and one person says something and our brain just filters for that (laughs) if it's left to its own devices, you know? And that's why I'm a huge believer in like mindset work being so essential because if I left my brain to just think on its own, it would attach to that negative comment all day, every day, right? Like that's where it's going to go. And so my job is to retrain it and focus it so that I don't miss out on all the goodness and the amazing clients that do want to work with me versus like that person that says something negative about us on social media, right? Like we're so apt to just get in that loop of like, oh my gosh, I can't show up. This person said this or, you know, whatever it is. And yet the more we get into those abundant places within ourselves and trusting that the right people will be attracted to our work, it's just freeing too. Yeah. And, and abundance and trust, like they're an energy, they're such a high vibration. They're, they're an easy vibration And I think one consideration is that that subconscious stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, that Mm -hmm. shit that's holding us back, that's keeping us small, that is also an energy and it's a subconscious energy. And the mindset work we do in the logical mind, so we can logically say to ourselves, you know, it's fine if somebody says this, I'm just going to do this and have that awareness, which is beautiful, but it's that subconscious energetic drag that has us in that place of inaction. So I think mindset works amazing, but just being conscious of the fact that it works in the logical mind and we need to get beneath that into that subconscious energy, which sometimes we can't rationalize. We can't even describe. It's just a feeling. It's a feeling that gets us holding back. It's a feeling that gets us second guessing ourselves It's Mm -hmm. so many people say around the the direct message conversation, that feeling like, I know I need to, I know I should, I know, I I even know what I'm going to say, but this energetic, like just trudging through custard feeling comes and the message Mm -hmm. doesn't get sent. 
And those direct conversations are a powerful tool in our business, right? They are absolutely free. We can connect with the whole world through social media. And yet we sit, we sit there and, and we don't. <laughs> and it's yeah. all because of a feeling. How do we get control of those feelings and show up? Yeah. I love that because it is those energetic places. And to me, it's the embodiment, right? Like we want to not just be stuck in our heads, like you're talking about and believing that we have that power. Like one of my Mm. favorite quotes, I should know who it's by. I feel like I've said this recently too on a podcast, but is the fastest way we give away our power is believing we don't have any something along those lines. And it's just so true, right? Like we are conditioned to play small, to think that the things are outside of ourselves versus it being within us. Yeah, that's so, and that's, that is exactly the realization I had coming out of that reality show is exactly Mm. that. All Mm. of that power is right there within me. I've just got to tap into it. You know, and one of the things I've done in the last couple of years since then actually is start a movement. I call it the hummingbird movement. One of my big passions is rainforests. And so I'm partnered up with an organization in Brazil and their symbol is the hummingbird. And there's this fable around the hummingbird and the whole of the forest is in flames, right? The forest is burning down. All of the animals are stunned in fear. But this little hummingbird she just goes in and out the rainforest with that tiny beak, just dropping a little drop of water Mm. at a time. And all the other animals are laughing and they're like, well, why are you even bothering? And she says, because I'm not too small to do my part. I'm not too small Mm. to make a difference. And I just, I love that because as as like soul fired up female entrepreneurs, as impact driven entrepreneurs, whatever you want to call us, people who actually want to help people and save the planet, like we do have to show up. Each and every one of us has a voice, has a story, has a superpower. And unless we start getting really visible and bold on social media, then no one's going to know and we're not going to help anyone. So we have to be those hummingbirds. We have to be those hummingbirds taking that little drop and knowing that it makes a difference. I say to my clients, if you post that post and it impacts one person, then that's enough, right? You've made a difference to somebody and everybody has their own story And there's parts of your story that will resonate, will always resonate with somebody else because they're either going through that thing right now and they're still stuck there or they really want the result that you've got. Like, And that's why we have to get vulnerable. We have to really get bold and and be open and share all of us. Exactly. And it still can be uncomfortable, but I love exactly that. Like, I like to think about it in terms of if you have a way to help people, it's your duty, not out of this, like should have to energy, but out of this place of service, like it's your duty to show up and to help people. And then people are always at choice if they want that help. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to take anyone's power away from them. Right. Like, I think that's some of our fears in selling and sales. Yeah. And I just view it as like, it's my job to show up. And then my job is also to detach from the outcome from the people, like that is not my job. That's totally right. I think a really good tip is our best content comes in the moment. Like when in the moment we feel this post coming up or this live coming up or the story coming up, like I always say to people, just post it then. And if you physically can't post it then, then voice record it or, you know, put it in a notepad 
Because the minute that we get up into our heads and start editing it, thinking about it, like the magic is gone. So it's like, take that inspiration and run with that inspiration there and then. And when you can start to build that muscle, it's like, again, building that confidence through action. It's actually just starting to post, starting the flow. And then suddenly you are visible and (laughs) the struggles are gone. Okay. You're starting to, to be more visible. People say to me, like, I'm omnipresent. I'm everywhere. Claire, how do you do it? How do you be everywhere? And it's just, you know, it's just learning the ways of the algorithm, hacking that algorithm, being in the right places at the right time. And it seems like you're just, you're showing up all day long, right? In front of your target audience, which is fantastic. But you have to start, you have to start, you have to take that first step. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So tell us where we can find you and where people can see what you're up to. Yes. So I'm on Instagram. You can find me at CW underscore full underscore circle. Definitely come out, come over and check me out on there. There's drop me a a DM, say hello. I do have a link to what I call the soul goal kit, which is an awesome little resource that, um, yeah, it just starts to get you in control of those, those limiting emotions and, and start to get more visible, start to take those little small steps I talked about, you know, and, and actually build that confidence through action. Mm, amazing. Thank you so much, Claire. This was so good. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. So thank you so much for having me on here. Um, I'm Natasha Lea and I am a sales and business coach for women. So my business really focuses on helping women get to their first five and 10K months using that perfect balance of feminine and masculine energy, which I've developed over the years. So talk to us about the visibility piece, because I see this as a place that is such a struggle for so many women. And especially if you've had a corporate background, because the rules are very different. So I'd love to hear more about your journey in terms of working through some of those fears or things that have come up in order to be visible online. Of course. I think there's so many different ways in which the fear of being visible manifests itself. So it can be like fear of success, fear of failure. And I didn't even understand the concept of fear of success until I joined this community in this industry. You know, fear of using your voice or making a stand or fear of being vulnerable or imposter syndrome or disappointing others or being criticized. And it's often very much so like linked to self-esteem, to lack of confidence, to lack of self-worth. And I think in business, it shows up in the form of low prices. It shows up in the form of not getting onto sales calls or not having enough conversations in the DMs or not having an online presence and showing up and not talking even to your friends and your family, you know, about your business or avoiding getting onto podcasts like these or giving interviews or networking or being scared to death to do lives or webinars or whatever that may be. And I think the fear of being visible can actually have a very huge impact on your business and your monthly revenue, I guess you can say. So some of the things that I do or that I implemented and I really do implement with my clients when we're talking about this visibility piece, because you're absolutely right. Like, especially loads of my clients come from a corporate background 
loads of my clients come from traumatic backgrounds or backgrounds where they've been told all these stories. Um, and because I work predominantly with females as well, there's an even bigger fear of being visible for whatever reason. The first thing I always say is like, you need to learn how to embrace. I always talk about this next level identity. Yeah. So fear of being visible comes about when you're ready to grow, you know, when you are ready to take on that next role in your business as a leader or an influencer or whatever you want to call it. And I always say, and this is how my brand changed from Natasha Bulletproof Woman to Natasha Leia is because I was like, this is my next level of, of my life. And every level of your life demands a different version of you. Every stage of your life has a transitional period where you almost are mourning the your mm. old identity and stepping into your new identity. So I really do feel like the first thing you need to do is recognize that you are stepping into that next level identity, that you are going to feel uncomfortable and to almost embrace it. So that's the first thing. There's a lot around the mindset stuff that you really need to do and kind of detach self-worth from, you know, getting online and being visible. Second thing is, you know, a little bit more practical, just small acts of, you know, being brave repeatedly, mm. you know, so mm. saying, you know, today what I'm going to do is I'm going to post a picture of myself the next day when I feel comfortable about it. I'm going to do like a 15 minute video uh, on my Instagram stories. The next day I'm going to do a reel. The next day I'm going to do, you know, a five minute live Q&A or whatever. And really kind of giving yourself small little stepping stones so that you can kind of get comfortable with being visible. And the more you do it, the more, you know, confident you're going to be. One of the things I do with my ladies is we set these 30 day visibility challenges where you literally go live every single day, all of us together. And we do this with my coach as well. Every single day we show up live in some way or another together, you know, or separately. And I think that really, really helps with having that accountability and feeling almost like you're doing it as a community. And the third thing, hire a coach, you know, I say this a lot as women, we're almost like programmed to say yes, but not to ask for help, not to ask or demand for a pay rise or yeah. for a promotion or whatever, you know, or to ask for the sale all the time. Like you should be asking for sale every day. So working with someone that's going to hold you accountable, that's going to kind of teach you the ropes and make you feel empowered, I think is, is a huge stepping stone and, and a necessity. I've invested over $40,000 in the last year in my, in my coaching, in my, you know, upskilling, my self-development. I think everyone should kind of invest yeah. in themselves as well. Absolutely. I think it's also so much of giving permission, right? Like so much of the work I feel like I do is just give women permission and I'm sure it's the same for you. And it's also like this permission to be visible in a way that feels good for you. And there's no right or wrong way to do it, you know? Cause I think sometimes what we feel like we have to do is like, oh my gosh, I have to be visible in all the places. And then people blow out their nervous systems and they're too overwhelmed and they can't come back from that. And so I'm always like, how can you create that level of safety first? 
And maybe that means like in a community, which sounds amazing in terms of what you're sharing. Like, you know, I think that's a great thing when you know people have your back. Like most of us just feel safer and supported to show up and then to have that feedback from people that you know are cheering you on when you're not sure if like everyone else is. A hundred percent. And I think that's the beauty of being part of a of a mastermind, for example. And it's one of the things where my mastermind's launching in May as well. And one of the things that I'm going to make sure that we do is we are all like like-minded women that actually will create almost like this bubble of support, like you said. So when someone does post something or someone does go live, we can all encourage them, support them, comment, like whatever it is, share, you know, words of encouragement. I think that is absolutely key. And what you said there, about doing what feels kind of comfortable to you. And it is something that I honestly think is so important in the coaching industry right now. There's so many kind of programs that are just like copy, paste, copy, paste, one size fits all. But actually, it shouldn't be like that. It should be, who are you? What type of person you are? Let me try and adapt my coaching style to you as well not who I am and compromise my beliefs and my values and what I'm trying to do but actually be a little bit more creative and that's one of the things I pride myself on is the fact that I don't try and force my strategies onto everyone it's like who are you what are you about let's put something that's tailored to the way that you like to work so that you don't burn out so that you don't resent this investment and also get better results hence the really big focus that I have on that masculine and feminine energy. Some people are a lot more masculine, some people a lot more feminine. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's so much of the beauty of what you get to do, obviously, when you work for yourself. And like, I'm such a fan of tailoring work to what works for you and your business, because exactly like you said, I just, I don't want people resenting their business, resenting me as a coach, like whatever it is. Right. And obviously, so some of that is outside of my control and I still want my clients to have an amazing experience and to show up for them. And so I think it is just being so willing to like be in it with someone and tailor our work around what they actually need versus like imposing our own ideas or beliefs onto someone, obviously without compromising our integrity in those pieces, like you mentioned. 100% because ultimately our success is dictated by the results our clients get. And also I'm a huge believer in selling and scaling with ease. And if I can maintain my relationship with my clients and get them where they want and really kind of coach them in a way that is making them feel great about themselves and getting their results, they're going to stay with me. Not for my three-month program, my six-month program, but actually I've got clients that started on day one with me that are still with me. And I think that is so, so crucial. You know, a lot of coaches out there and, and in general businesses are very smash and grab. And it's like, how much money can I make today? But you're not thinking long term. And that's one of the things I learned in my corporate business as a headhunter is develop and nurture those relationships and you will be more successful than the person sitting next to you that just charges ridiculous fees and doesn't actually deliver. And, you know, you're just, like I said, smash and grab. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Yeah. (laughs) So tell everyone where they can find you, what you have going on, all the good things. 
So they can find me on my Instagram, which is Leah L-E-Y-A. I've also got a Facebook group that is called Sales Coaching for Women in Business. And the final thing is my mastermind, which is launching in May, my Bulletproof Sales Mastermind that is going to follow the exact kind of framework that I used in order to get to where I am in my first year of business, which is freaking awesome, like sold out. And yeah, that's what I would say. Those are the main platforms that I use. But definitely, if anyone's interested, they can just hit me up for an evergreen program. And I'm in love with it. Amazing. Oh my gosh. This is so good. Thank you so much for being here, Natasha. Thank you so much for having me. Hi. Yes, everyone. My name is Marilyn Crump. I actually live here in Yorktown, Virginia. I've been in business for 21 years. Woohoo! Started my business in the year 2000. And what my business is, it's art inspired. And a lot of things that I do is based on creativity. But I find myself nowadays doing a whole lot of business development for people, especially startup entrepreneurs. So in my services in particular, I do a high level of coaching, mentoring, but then also strategic marketing. Amazing. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah. So talk to us about this struggle that I know a lot of people have in their businesses, which is getting visible online. And you're definitely in a unique position where I imagine you have done a lot of different things over the course of the last 21 years. So I'd love to hear a bit about your journey with getting visible online. Absolutely. So I think a lot of times we assume that the online space will give us this instantaneous like audience. And having had the experience of running retail locations, having brick and mortars, you definitely know that there is a process for people to even pay attention. And it's not guaranteed to you. Even if you, let's say, put your building in a very busy trafficked area and you're told Yes, if you put your location here, there's going to be foot traffic. There's going to be a lot of attention on you. That's not the case. You're going to have to do your own legwork for people to really discover you because they want to know why should I take time out of my busy life, but then also all these other distractions that are around everywhere. Think of a corridor. There's all these other buildings that people are half paying attention to. They're trying to get to where they need to go. If you're not establishing yourself as a destination where people can find all these amazing either resources, products, services, etc. they're not going to pay attention to you. So same thing in an online space. You have to treat it as if that presence was your brick and mortar presence. You would do things like, hey, can I promote something that will be inviting enough for people to want to come back or tell their friends about it? And if you can conceptualize that, then it makes this whole development of your marketing a whole lot more solid than just saying, I'm going to hire a social media person and they're just going to put a bunch of posts every day on there. What's that matter? Like if I put a poster up on my window at my store, what's it matter? If I'm blasting it everywhere, telling my other partners, telling other retail locations to work with me, you're going to try to find ways to make that visibility happen more organically than always trying to pay for something that may or may not work, such as Facebook ads. Mm. And what just came up for me when you were talking about that is this whole notion of, of really being bought into what we're selling. 
and how much of that is a key component to even wanting to get visible in the first place. Absolutely. And I think confidence, there's a lot more people and especially women that are actually creating personal brands. And if you're not confident in that, that's going to color the whole way you show up. And if you're not going to show up bold, then you're going to get lost in the shuffle. So part of what you have to do intentionally is being very clear on the way that you represent yourself, the way you represent your brand, and what you can do consistently to do that. And then one last thing, being able to share that articulation with everybody else. Because if I hear about a business or I like somebody, but if I go, "Eh, I'm not exactly sure what they do, but they're cool. (laughs) That's not really selling you. And if you are able to give people who are advocates of your business, just a, a few amazing statements, like Carrie is an amazing podcaster. You have to listen and subscribe weekly. That's easier for me to do and say, and then people really understand what they just heard and then they can act on that. So you want to be able to realize how, how you're coming across and how you can empower other people to move your message further. Yeah. Well, I just always think of the saying like as cliche or whatever it is, but uh, that a confused buyer doesn't buy. And, you know, if they don't know what you're selling, you know, and, and you just can't convey that because you might have the best product or the best service in the entire world. But if you cannot convey that to someone else through clear messaging, then no one's going to be able to buy from you because they're not going to know or understand what you're selling. Absolutely. 100%. That should be on a post-it note somewhere near people's screens and and things like that. I 100% agree with you on that statement. And I always feel like people should have that written down somewhere because if I get on Zoom calls with certain people or I observe them at a networking meeting, it's this whole, this is a fun word, but, (laughs) but it's a graphic that hopefully people can remember. But verbal diarrhea, like you got to make sure that you can sound bites these days, like practice your sound bites. If you're speaking in a lot of long, drawn, run on sentences, that's not going to help you or your brand. Yeah. Well, and I think it's just so interesting too. I was talking to a client this week about the whole notion of breaking down your messaging to basically like a fourth grade level. And how essential that is to use digestible words and understandable words to the common person, you know, and I think sometimes we forget because we're just in our business all the time, but we have to be able to explain to someone else that has no concept of who you are, especially when it's on the internet. Yes, because they're trying to study every word you're saying because they're at that mode of being a sponge. Whenever you meet someone who's new they put themselves in a position to accept. And if you just start pouring everything out, then it's almost too much, too much, way too much for me. I'm going to go somewhere else where I'm not feeling inundated with all of this information Mm. you're bringing to my brain. Because a lot of times when people aren't trained to speak to the public, they tend to take everything that's going on in their head and let it come out of the mouth. But you have to be careful because not everybody thinks like you in communication, kind of what your friend was saying, you have to understand that that person may not come from the same 
um, thought background as yourself. So taking a moment and really being clear with each word and every sentence definitely helps the receiver a whole lot more. Then once you get to know each other, they get to know you, then you could be your like friendship self the way you were, you would be with your girlfriends and you're all talking over each other. But, (laughs) but in the beginning, when you're the business, you're representing all the different things, the the modes of uh, operation, the service that you can provide. And we have to learn how to separate some of that. Not saying that we don't, we're not authentic. We just have to be mindful. You can be authentic Mm -hmm. and mindful at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get to fully be yourself, in my opinion, always, but you have to have a way to help people and you have to convey that because otherwise they're going to go to somebody else down the street or down the internet or wherever, right? They're going to go find a different service provider or products, whatever it is that they're looking for that is clear and that they believe is going to help them solve their problem. Right. And I can explain this just a little bit clearer because I'm a mother of five, right? In our authentic household, the place could look like a tornado. But if I know that certain people are coming over, I'm going to take a moment and clear up the environment so that they feel welcomed and accepted. Is it us not being real at that moment? No, it's us being mindful that other people may not accept that authenticity at that moment, right? Because it's going to be about them them having an experience where we meet them where they're at, not Oh, pardon the mess, but you deal with it because this is how we live. I don't think that that's how I want to run my business. So the way I run my business, it would be just like if I had a guest over at my home, they're not going to be used to like, you know, kids toys everywhere. I'll do my best to pick it all up, give them an environment where they're going to feel comfortable. And then if they, you know, come over enough, maybe they go, oh, wow, <laughs> I see all the things that you, have- <laughs> that you have had to do for me just to get, and yes. And you're like, yes, so because that's customer service. And that's the kind of relationship I want to build with the people that are my clients. Yeah. I love that example. So was there a time where getting visible and talking about your services online was more challenging than other times? Yeah. So I would have to say, because I came from the retail world, there's just a whole different type of feel that happens online. Online is more fast moving, whereas local type of thing, you know, it's a different pace when you're in real life. People understand, mm-hmm. oh, I see you have to drive from here to here to here. There's there's this kind of different pace. Online is so much faster and yet mm-hmm. advantageous because of its speed. When I was going into that transition because technology also wasn't and social media wasn't as you know prominent it was more website visibility when you first started getting online now as mm-hmm. social media has developed it's almost like you can run a business without a website by yeah. just being really present on social media so that has changed a whole lot since the first time i've been online i've actually had my url artinspired.com since the year 2000. And that's really rare to see like somebody own a UPL yeah. for 21 years. So back then when you would speak about visibility, it was all about SEO. And now mm. when you speak about visibility, most of it is media. Are you 
doing broadcasts that are live? Are you on YouTube? Are you TikToking, right? <laughs> IGTV and Reels, etc. So it keeps changing. The best thing I can tell anybody with in regards to visibility is don't be afraid to try the new platforms and make your presence known. Whether it's like the most perfect thing or you're super consistent, doesn't matter. Because if I want to search you because that's the that's the platform I prefer, then I'm saying don't miss out. Be there too, right? Just try it, and you can be honest. People love honesty these days. Like, hey, I'm new on this platform. I might not do it all right, but I would love to keep in touch with everybody. So hit me up if you have any questions. That's cool. People are like, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Trying it out because I'm new here too. Like Clubhouse, everybody's new. So you're going to keep seeing that as we keep moving through life now. There's going to be more new platforms. We cannot be afraid of, of things as far as getting out there. Yeah. So tell everyone where they can find you, all the things that you're up to right now. Absolutely. So I'm the president of the Phenomenal Female Business Network. So you can look up phenomenalfemale.com to get more information about that. It is for women who are entrepreneurial. Our mission is to help women develop their passions, grow their audience, achieve business milestones, and fund their dreams. And so I love doing that. And if you want to reach me directly, Marilyn Crump, that's spelled M-A-R-I-L-E-N, C as in cat, R-U-M-P as in Paul.com. And if you look up that hashtag, Marilyn Crump, you'll find me, but also look up the hashtag expert dream catcher, and then you'll discover all the things. Message me anywhere you feel comfortable. I'd love to connect. Thank you so much, Marilyn. This was so good and helpful. Thanks, Carrie. You're amazing. And thanks for what you're doing to help other people. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I am Brie Gunn. I have been a business owner for 11 years. I am a copywriter and marketing strategist, mom of two and Midwest girl. Yay. I'm so excited that you're here. Me too. Hey. Okay. So let's start with visibility and how this has shown up in your online business. And tell us a little bit about your journey of the struggles with this. So I've been in business for 11 years. I didn't actually have a website until three years ago. Oh, Like we're talking big visibility issues because <laughs> I, I just, I figured the people like one or two clients was enough. And I, I didn't really envision myself scaling. And then I started to see the impact of those around me scaling and the impact they were able to make. But for me, I'm a copywriter at heart. I'm a words girl. Video doesn't come naturally. And I don't necessarily see myself as the person in the groups being like, you know, the, the big long story posts still kind of, I don't really understand the point. I know they would help my business, it, but it's like, I also don't want to look like everybody else. So I think I've got two blocks going on. I've got the, I don't want to look like everybody else. So I'm not doing it because I don't want people to think that I'm just hopping on the bandwagon. And then I've got the other side where I'm not super in love with the way I look right now. I think a lot of people can, you know, the quarantine pounds and all of that. So I have been consistent with my YouTube channel and my reels and my TikToks and the small videos where I'm, you know, I can, I can do it like once a week or whatever. Being more consistent than that has been a bit of a challenge because I have this, like, I don't want to look like everybody else. I want to sound like everybody else. So I'll just not say anything. 
Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so relatable on so many of those things, right? Because, you know, I, the whole reason I have this podcast is like breaking down behind the scenes of things because Mm -hmm. at every level of success, we still have struggles. And I think there's, there's just this big fat myth that like, once you reach whatever that is, like six figures, multiple six six figure business owner, like I'm a multi business owner (laughs) and I have massive visibility issues. And it's so funny because I coach my clients through this and I help them get visible. And then I don't take my own advice. It's that whole, like, do as I say, not as I do, (laughs) which is, you know, that works when you're a parent (laughs) and you're telling your kids, you know, please don't hit your brother. Please don't (laughs) yell. Please don't do whatever. But as a business owner, it doesn't, I mean, at some point the rubber has to meet the road and you have to take massive action or, or take action to get visible. And if you're stuck in the story, like I am where I'm like, well, everyone is going to think I copied them or I'm going to sound just like this other person. Then we talk ourselves out of the potential. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of us get into trouble. And I know for me, like, I don't love myself on video. I don't love long story posts, but I know I should do them. I just need to get past my own story of, you know, be like everybody else. Cause I'm not, I'm not everybody else. And the people that know me know that, but people who don't know me can't see me. So how are they going to know they need me? Yeah. You know, like I, I understand the, the concept it's getting through it in a way that is comfortable. And I realize growth is not comfortable, which is yeah. probably why I'm wearing that. <laughs> but yeah. And I, I watch you And you are so good at being visible and so good at being encouraging. And you're just this like shining, glowing light of goodness. And Mm -hmm. for those who are listening, like I've known Carrie for a little bit and I've been following her for a couple years now. And I just like, your posts are always like, they always give me that nice, warm, fuzzy where it's like, I needed to hear that today. And I, and then I'm like, oh, I should post something like that. I'm like, but I don't want to be copying her. And so I stopped myself and, you know, it's this, it's the cyclical situation because we don't even serve the same clientele, but in my head, I'm like, but I like her and I don't want her to be like, oh, please don't copy me. So I just don't, not that I would copy, but, you know, take something and spin it or have an idea and run with it. Well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate you. And second of all, I mean, I'm a person that's like, go on, like not, obviously copy the things, but like, if that inspires you and then you're like, Ooh, I want to say something I'm like, by all means, because it's funny. I was having a conversation, I think with a client this week and it was like, Oh, there aren't any new ideas. And I was like, yeah, exactly. There aren't. So, you know, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like with some of this for yourself, I'm sure you've gone round and round, but it's figuring out like almost that entry point of that thought that's going to help you to like break this up and then to free yourself from that. Because as you know, like people need your voice and your story Mm -hmm. out there. And we're generally only hurting ourselves in our bank accounts when we're staying invisible. But I also know it's so much of the deeper stuff. Like I'm never the person that's like, oh, just go do it. Because like, right. if that were the case, everyone would do it. Right. Everyone would be six-figure business owners and have, you know, vacation homes and do all these things. And 
you know, it's, it's so funny. I see it. Like I see it with my clients. It's, I have the same conversation of a different spin. Um, we were writing copy for her and she was like, you know, this sounds a lot like my last launch. I had not even seen her last launch emails. Mm. And I was like, well, there's nothing new under the sun. And mm-hmm. there's only so many ways we can talk about your program. So if you're unhappy with this, I can refund you. She's mm-hmm. like, no, no, I love it. And I'm like, okay, well then what's the problem? She's like, well, the last emails didn't convert. And so I was like, there's probably something more going on. If these sound as similar as you say they sound, like my emails, my, my copy typically converts really, really well. So there's probably something else going on. Going to her CRM, find out she had segmented her list so far down that only about 50 people were actually seeing the emails. Mm. out of her 5,000 person list. And I was like, I, I would be willing to bet that's part of the problem. She was like, oh, uh. <laughs> no, it's, it's not that, you know, I wasn't copying anybody. She wasn't, you know, it's, it's just, we have to sometimes think outside the box. And I think it, for my visibility issues, I think it's being okay with saying the th- same things that other people are saying in my own way. Cause I definitely have my own spin. I have my own, my own personality and not being afraid of that. Yeah, absolutely. So how in the world did you take the leap to start a YouTube channel with like these massive <laughs> visibility things going on? So I told myself I could just sit down and record the videos in one go. And then I would let someone else be in charge of it. So that's what I did. I hired someone who edits the videos, loads the videos, does the SEO publishes, does I like I, once I record the videos, I literally do nothing. They do all of the promotion for it. I schedule my own, write and schedule my own emails and write and schedule my own social posts. But in my head, I was like, well, I'm just a catalyst. Like I'm just getting this information out there. And I wanted to leverage YouTube as a search engine Mm. because it is the world's largest search engine. It's larger than Google. I mean, it's owned by Google, but I wanted to get my, get more information out there about what I'm doing. Cause there really aren't a lot of people on YouTube talking about LinkedIn strategy, talking about marketing, talking about copy, talking about all of the, the things that I'm an expert at. And yeah, so it's not comfortable, but it was necessary if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and to me, it's just like super smart business decision and how you've handled it of like delegation from the standpoint of like, okay, I know I don't like watching myself on video. I don't like doing all these things. And instead of just staying there, you're like, okay, what can I do to move through this? And although it still might be uncomfortable in the process, like you hired someone and you're like, I'm going to do it and then outsource it, (laughs) which is brilliant because I think oftentimes, right, we get caught in these loops, but then what happens is we don't find a way through and we use that as our way to just stay stuck. Yeah, we, and we do, we, we sit there and for like, I was like, I tried YouTube before I got absolutely no traction. I was doing the SEO myself. I know how to do SEO. I started out in the blogging world. I am well-versed in SEO. My heart wasn't in it. Mm. And I was, to be completely honest, I was half-assing it. I was, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like when I go back and I look at the videos, I was taking my Facebook lives and repurposing them, but I wasn't editing them at all. I wasn't get, putting any effort into turning it into something that would be usable for the YouTube algorithm. Mm. Because in my brain, I was like, well, I have all these lives because I went live solidly from January to about May of last year. So I had a ton of lives. 
And I was like, I'm going to just repurpose them onto YouTube and use it like a search engine. Well, I got one subscriber. <laughs> now that I have someone else handling it for me, I have, and I'm, I'm not like blowing up, but I've gained 28 subscribers in the last week. Nice. Because someone else is handling it. And I am not putting my negativity in front of mm. the message. I'm not, because I believe in intention. And I believe that the intentions, like they cloud our judgment, right? Like we self-sabotage almost. And I was self-sabotaging with the YouTube channel. So we privated all of those old videos. And I have like the video that published yesterday, it's doing better than any of the other videos have Mm -hmm. done in like two days. So instead of having like zero views, I've got like 30, which is awesome. And I've gained eight more, eight more subscribers and I'm, things are moving in the right direction. And so I'm seeing it as a positive Yeah. There's a Facebook group that you and I are both in that has that, you know, a paid option and I'm testing that out. I still haven't cracked that code and I'm debating whether or not to stay in there because I, I know there's value, but it's one of those things where I'm like, if I can't figure it out, do I really want to spend the money? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then on my own platforms and pages and things, it's the consistency piece, right? Like I'm on vacation this week, so I didn't go live. I haven't, I might Friday, but most people know I'm taking a break, which is totally cool. I'm still, I I still have my auto publishing things that are going on with me, Edgar and stuff. But I think for me, the biggest struggle is video is king right now. And if you're not willing to get on video and you're not willing to put yourself out there with story posts, there's only so much you can do. And so I think for me, it's getting over the fact that there is nothing new under the sun. And, and be in accepting that and being okay with putting my own spin on what's already been said. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that always by doing that, you give so many other people permission to do the same when you, Mm -hmm. especially when you spin it and talk about the struggles that you have with it Mm -hmm. and like what has held you back. And then like, what was the catalyst for going, okay, I'm finally going to do this. You know, I know for me, that's always so permission giving to like watch people in their struggles and then to get to the quote unquote other side of it, or just be bringing you along in the journey as they're getting to the other side of it. But we love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love, it's so funny because my clients who the, the people that I work with hire me to help their visibility, copy and content and marketing is all about visibility and I hid for so long. Like I said, I went eight years without a website. That's insane. <laughs> it, like in, in today's, like I I'm seeing posts now where people are like, like I've got my Facebook set up and my Instagram set up, but I don't have my website set up. Should I, should I not open shop until that's done? And I'm over here going, well, no, you know, don't <laughs> let it stop you. But at the same time, I have to wonder, and maybe it's just because I, I get stuck in the story of like, if I'd done this sooner, I'd be further along. Mm. And I think that, that a lot of us feel that way where we're like, you know, we come across a platform or we upgrade something or we hire someone and we're like, man, I wish I would have done this three months ago. And then we get caught in a story of, well, of course things aren't working. Of course things are slow. Of course this, because I didn't do this sooner and we spin and with visibility, it's, it's the same thing, right? It's well, I didn't go live this week and now I'm behind. Well, I just got, I, I'm not going to go live next week now either because I'm just tired. I don't want to. I don't want this. And and we we talk ourselves out of the better choices mm-hmm. because it's more comfortable to stay stuck. Yeah, I mean, as annoying as it is, I like mm-hmm. to think of it of 
like staying stuck is a choice. It totally is a thousand percent. 1000% staying stuck is an absolute choice. And as I say that out loud, I'm realizing I really need to step up my game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here, you know, here's an opportunity. I mean, for all of us, it's always like a new day, a new week. There's always, always new choices we get to make. And the fastest way we can do that is forgiving ourselves for what we have or haven't done. And then deciding to turn the page and like not bring yesterday into today. Right. Like as cliche as that is, it's just the truth. Yeah. It's, and it's so funny because it doesn't matter what industry you're in. If you're not visible to the people who can pay you, you're not going to be in that industry for very long. Exactly. And And it can be whatever, whatever type of visibility. Right. And I always like to like how I look at this and now I kind of like joke and laugh about myself because people tell me all the time, like, Oh, I see you everywhere. And I'm like, I had massive visibility things at the beginning. Like you, you wouldn't did? have known it probably. Yeah. I know it's wild. Right. Wait, what? Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I yeah. feel so much better it's about myself fu- right now. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I just had a conversation with someone and she was like, teach me your secrets. And I was like, I'm an open book. I'll, I'll teach you anything. But honestly, and I know it's like so fucking annoying sometimes, but like, I really, really went to town of like, what are my deepest fears and the internal stories I'm telling myself? And so much of it was like, I think for so many women, like we're afraid of judgment. We're afraid of what everyone's going to like say about us and think about us. And for me, it was not like new people. Like I know I can show up in any room and decide I belong there and like make anyone feel welcome. Like those are my gifts, but it was like people from my past and people that, you know, might know a different version of me or whatever. I was allowing that to stand in the way. And I was so afraid of like what they all would think of me. So Instead of like room, I mean, I ruminated for a while on that, of course, but finally it was like, all right, what am I going to do about this? And it was really going to the core and just deciding that all of those people, whoever they are, are rooting for me and want my success and want the best for me. And no exaggeration. Like I did this deeper work for a while, didn't really talk about it. And then sometime last year I posted something and it was wild because I put it out there. And then so many people from my past that I hadn't talked to in forever were like, Carrie, we're always rooting for you. And I was just like, of course you are. But it was because I did that internal work first. It was not because I like put that out there and then they're like, oh, of course we see you, Carrie. It was like, no, no, no. If I hadn't done that internal belief shifting, I know that it like a post would not have gotten traction. Well, and I think that a lot of us skip the internal work, right? Like I'm in the middle of a lot of internal work right now and working on myself and my money story and my visibility story and all of these things. And I think that people write that off as new age or too woo or whatever, but your beliefs create your reality. You see what you want to see. And if all you see, if all you hear in your head is negativity, that's all you're going to see. You know, like I had, I had pitched contracts that were around $25,000. I got flat nose from all three of them. And one was going to keep it internal. One Mac, one got to randomly got two new clients and couldn't take on any more work. And we were going to work on getting her more clients. So it didn't make sense for her to work with me in her head. And another one, it's just not the right time. Totally valid reasons. Should I let it derail me? 
No, because that leaves space for someone who's going to pay even more or for clients that I would enjoy more or work that I would really, really light up about. Did I let it spin me out a little bit? Yeah. And I think that admitting, you know, as a business owner who owns a very successful business, we get told no, you know, not everyone is our person. And like, I know this, but it's, it's, there's a difference between knowing it mentally and knowing it like deep in your soul. Yes. And, and if you don't do the internal work, which I'm discovering, cause you've done a lot more work than I have. Cause I just started gosh, a couple months ago, but doing the work around like your own personal valuation changes so much and it changes the way you perceive yourself and the way you perceive others. And then that bleeds out into like your visibility and your clients and your connections and all and podcasts and, and guest spots and all of those things, you know, and sometimes it's, you either do it or you don't. Sometimes it's just a choice of saying, I'm no longer going to accept this as my reality. I'm going to do everything I can to change it. And that's fine, but you have to take the action. And I think most people stop before they take the action. I know that that's been my experience with like, do I know what I should be doing for visibility? Yes. I work with my clients on it all day, every day. I watch people that I admire like yourself and see what they're doing and their success. And I'm like, I could do that. And then I, I'm like, I could, I totally could, but I don't. And so I think that getting past the story and working through it and, and accepting that you're not going to be perfect all the time, that you're going to miss it. You're going to misstep. You're going to say something you shouldn't or wish you hadn't, or you're going to offend somebody. You have to be okay with all the different reactions that could happen. But if you do the internal work first and you, like you said, everyone is rooting for you and you know that on a soul level, it changes what you see. The people who are negative don't bother you and you ignore them easier and they start to fade away because they're not getting a reaction anymore. It's like, like the bully at school, right? The what the kids who used to pick on you and you know, my mom always told me just ignore them. And I, I was like, why? Like, they're so mean. Just ignore them. Cause I got bullied a lot. Mm-hmm. And when I started ignoring them, they stopped because they weren't getting a reaction anymore. Yeah. And, you know, it's a playground lesson, but it's an important one, I think. It's a huge one. I mean, huge. And I, I mean, that's why I love the example of the four minute mile. And I always talk about it, but our beliefs always dictate our actions. So exactly what you said of like, the cognitive knowing versus like the soul level knowing. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference a hundred percent, because I'm like, when we are bought in at that soul level, we will always take the action because there's no reason we wouldn't, because we expect those results or we expect that reality. And so until it is true and manifest, we will show up for it. But it's when our beliefs are shaky and we're like, can I do this? Should I do this? And we have all the internal struggles that we talk ourselves out of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why as like woo woo as it is, I always work with people and with myself on the beliefs first, mm-hmm. because like I can throw band-aids at anything and I know how right. to hustle and grind and get results and be a driven person, but I'm just not here for that anymore. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think it's reaching that point where you're like, I no longer accept this as a choice. Like I'm, I'm no longer here for I have a sticky note in my office that says, I am no longer here for bullshit. I am no longer here for work after 4 p.m. And I am no longer for people who treat me like garbage. 
Mm. because that was a lesson I learned a long time ago that was really hard. And it, it, it was enough of an impact that I put it on a sticky note so I could see it every day. Yeah. And I think that visibility wise, it's just getting past that mental. What if somebody doesn't like this? What if, because the thing is, I always talk about marketing in an attraction and repulsion scope because marketing is, is meant to attract the right people to you, but it's also meant to repel the wrong people. And you have to be okay with that. You're going to piss people off. You're going to have people call you stupid. You're going to have people call you names. You're going to have people disagree with you. And you have to be willing to accept that until you find your pot of people, not necessarily, not pod people, but your, your group of people who support you and get excited for you and want you to succeed. When you find those people, the other people who aren't listening and who are just being rude don't matter anymore. It's so true. And like, I just, I know it because I, I have walked it myself and then I've walked with it with so many clients now through that experience of shifting their internal state and then their external state eventually totally shifts too. And it's just so magical and I love it. And I want everyone to experience that because it is that beautiful thing when you're all of a sudden looking around and like, Oh my gosh, I co-created this. Like I had a part in this Mm -hmm. and it's because I, I did my part to clean up and to look at what thoughts I'm telling myself, what I'm choosing to focus on, you know, and what I'm getting, giving my attention to. And so of course that's the result of what shows up in my life. Right. And because you've done the internal work and you understand the difference between the cognitive piece and Mm -hmm. the true beliefs piece, because even if you do all the work in the world, you're still going to have bad days. You're still going to feel down. You're still going to get depressed. You're still going to have clients tell you no, just because you do the internal work doesn't mean the world's going to magically turn into a unicorn. Right. You know, it's, it doesn't work like that. Like you create your reality based on the action that you take. And if you take the right action, you get good results. And if you take, if you choose to stay focused on the negative pieces and the, you know, the whole thought around going even bigger and more visible is super freaking scary for me, but I'm also kind of excited to see what happens. Mm. And I think when you can balance that fear with excitement, Mm -hmm. that the fear is trying to keep you stuck. Because it is a primitive response. It is our lizard brain saying like, no, don't do this. Like you might fall off a cliff. Yep. And you look around, you're like, but there's no cliff. And it's like, but there might be a cliff. Someday somewhere there might be a cliff. So tell us where we can find you on the internet and what you're up to. Sure. You can find me at BriannaGunn.com. I am up to a lot of really cool stuff. If you go to my site, you can see all of my good freebies and courses that you can take. And if anything I've said resonates with you, I would love to chat with you. I'm always up for meeting new people. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Brie. I appreciate you. Thank you, Carrie. I appreciate you too. Oh my goodness. What a good episode. I know I say this every week, but it's just so true. Women that are willing to be vulnerable, to share their stories, to bring you behind the curtain of what oftentimes we're not talking about in front-end marketing. And what this is not about is making front-end marketing wrong, because there's nothing wrong with it. I just also know, as we hold the both ends of life, the duality of 
both things being true at the same time is that front end marketing will show you a certain picture and there's more to the story. So I hope this episode in visibility has given you a deeper dive, a lens into what more is going on with women and businesses and fears. And yet my biggest, biggest belief always and empowerment tool is that your fears don't have to stop you just because something is scary or because you are afraid doesn't mean it has to stop you from doing the thing. And so visibility in the online space, it's such a weird word, isn't it? When I think about it, like, ah, we just talk about getting visible, getting online, doing the things, putting ourselves out there. And I always talk about creating safety first. This was critical for me in my business and how I've coached so many clients at at this point to get to six figures, to scale to whatever that place is that they're wanting to get to. And it doesn't mean you have to go share all of the things on the internet for everyone to consume. That's not what visibility is about. And it's also not a trauma-informed approach to be honoring both to yourself and to people that you work with. There are certain places that you don't need to share things with other people. And then there's other places where you create that level of safety first, and then you are willing to share more and to expand and push your edges of what's possible for you in showing other people what's possible for them. I listened to something, I don't even know, years ago or whenever it was, but it was so true. And it was basically like an ode to people who have gone before us, the podcasts, the videos, the places on the internet where people were showing up before we were and gave us permission to do it afraid, to do it scared, but to do it anyways. And those people who went before me inspired me and gave me the courage. They triggered me for sure before I had decided or gotten on board with this is what I wanted to do and how I wanted to show up in the world. But I now see it as such a gift that we have that you can have mentors and people that you never meet through books and podcasts and videos and social media And so I hope these ladies' stories have inspired you in the same way to know that you are never, ever alone. And there's always somebody out there that is walking a similar path to you. Of course, not the very same, but similar. And the more vulnerable we're willing to be, the more we're willing to look at our own shadows and the own darkness places within us, the more we can share those with the world because they don't have power over us. When we can sit in our feelings and we can do the work to unpack it, unlearn what's not serving us, and to shift into a place of our power and share those gifts with the world and come from a place of service, it's truly remarkable what we can accomplish. So I hope you got as much out of this episode as I did. I'm sure you did. And as always, thanks for being here. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Set Yourself Free podcast. It is such an honor to be in your ears every single week. Make sure that you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. Will you also do me a quick favor and go leave us a review and rating? This will help more people to easily find this free show. If you'd like to talk about the number one mindset shift that you can make in your unique business to start making more money and impact, I would love nothing more than to help you. So go head on over to my website at setyourselffreellc.com 
and book a free 30-minute discovery call. I would love to get some fresh eyes on your business and talk about how you can start making more money and an impact right now. So thanks again for being here and cannot wait to see you next week.